Third and final hour. It's the bonus hour of the Steelers Blitz here on SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh on a Sunday, little Sunday fun day. Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler, what we do at this time on the show to start our final hour of the show. Again, 99% mostly, 97% of what we discuss here on this program during training camp, during the regular season is your Pittsburgh Steelers, but we do like to take one segment every day and just pick a division from around the league, discuss some of those teams, some of the storylines, our thoughts on some other teams. Today, we have the NFC East, two teams that the Steelers have already played in the preseason, of course, from the NFC East, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Motsi, we do this alphabetical by first name, so I can figure this one out quickly. That means Dallas is first up on the list here. D, America's team, huh? D comes before N, W, or P. I can do that one pretty easily. Motsi, I know a lot of the conversation around Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott, around that defense, around Mike McCarthy as well, too, I think. But to me, something that's flying under the radar with this team that I'd like to get your opinion on is, is what is Ezekiel Elliott right now, right? First couple years in the league were really good. Last year was subpar. What what is what does he still bring to that team? Is that just kind of what he is? Is is he getting to that short running back shelf life? And we know he's had so many carries, so many touches, been a huge part of that Cowboys offense. Um, or was last season just it was a pandemic year? Maybe he you know just what didn't quite have it, wasn't in the best shape, but he did have a career low 979 yards. Now now for a lot of running backs career low 979 (laughs) yards is kind of like an oxymoron he also did have five fumbles last season as well too what's your what's your where do you think Zeke is at can he recapture some of that old form when he was without a doubt one of the best one two three running backs in the NFL or is maybe just you know instead of being a a 13 1400 yard guy he is just a, a 900 yard guy now what's your take on Zeke Ever since Cabo, <laughs> Zeke has not been the same, man. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it, man. I, maybe it's something in the water down there. I don't, I'm not sure. But ever since then, man, he has definitely been on a decline. And it's unfortunate, but that is what the, det- or what the data says as that position. I mean, as it goes for that position, you know, the shelf life isn't like it's not long. No. You'll, you'll have some crazy high peaks, and that's ultimately what Zeke had, but – you look at all those running backs from that time frame, Zeke, L. Bell, Ty Gurley, David Johnson. Since then, they've all been on a decline. Yeah. They've all been on a decline. So with Zeke, I kind of feel like it's similar. I agree. I mean, as much as I would hope that it could change, last year I don't chalk up as just a pandemic season. Yeah. Because and I think maybe some of it you can say too, well, Dak wasn't out there. That makes it easier for defenses to focus on Zeke. But, but if you're paying Zeke what you're paying him, that's it, why you pay him exactly. that. Exactly. Because and he's, always, when, he's always been the focus right, point of that when, offense. Even when Dak was there early on, it was always Zeke. Zeke, 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 Zeke. It's had to change to being more Dak. And that's largely because of – Zeke ultimately starting to decline a little bit right. there, man. So yeah, I, t- I think those, those those days of you know him being that guy where you could just run your offense through him, I, I I feel like those days are numbered right now for Zeke, man. If they if they haven't already left, because at the end of last year you started to see the Cowboys they were they were changing how they use Zeke. Zeke wasn't the bell cow towards the end of that year last season. I agree, Arthur Motes, and that just hey, unless you're Adrian Peterson. 
that's just running back life in the National mm-hmm. Football League, especially when you play. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Ezekiel Elliott, like, he was a, a tough nose between the tackles, put your head down, grind it out. You know, maybe if you're, um, if you're more Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey, and you're, you're maybe predicated a little bit more on agility and finesse and speed. Your shelf life can be extended a little bit more, but you mentioned it. A lot of those David Johnsons, a lot of those Lev Bells, those tough nose run between the tackle guys from that era, it just unfortunately is part of the nature of the beast with that position. We'll see what happens with Zeke. Having Dak back, back in the fold will certainly help, but like Mozi said, you didn't pay that man uh, to be Robin. You paid him to be Batman. Another guy expected to be Batman that's, that's dealing with um, – a down year, albeit for a different reason, Moats, because of an injury. What do, you expect, what do you expect from Saquon Barkley this season? Feels like it's a real big kind of make-or-break year for him in terms of his career and his legacy. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about Saquon, the fact that as exciting of a player as he is to watch, we still haven't seen a ton of him, right? Compared really to some of these, it's, as weird as that sounds, that's the case with Saquon. So, I feel like for him, man, he still has plenty left. He he still wants – the biggest thing for him is just staying healthy. As long as he's healthy, he is going to be a top three running back in this league. That's what Saquon is, man. He's that gifted, and we know that. We've seen that. But once again, it's just the health part. Can, can he stay healthy this year? If he does that, yeah, he, he's back business as usual. I don't think we're even concerned about him anywhere near the same level that we are with a guy like Zeke. Agreed. Yeah, I – the Giants do have they're, – they're an interesting team to me this year. They are. They are. Because you could see where they're – like, not where they wouldn't be good, but you could see where they could certainly be much improved. Mm-hmm. The offensive line should be better. They've made real investment mm-hmm. there, high pedigree draft picks. The offensive line should be better. Saquon Barkley, hey, if you're, if you're going to have your running back go down for a season-ending season knee injury, you'd like him to do it early in the season, right? And, and that happened to Saquon. It wasn't like he was – um you know, Bud Dupree or Joe Burrow, right? Where right, it happened right. where it happened in November. At least he's had an extra two months uh, to rehab back from that. Can Daniel Jones take a step forward? How good can the defense be? Is Joe Judge really a, a good coach, or is he just good at getting guys to line up and run, run wind sprints and, you know, act like he's Herb Brooks <laughs> coaching the Miracle on Ice team out there? Again! Again! I'm not that one. They are, you know, I think we said this with the Broncos, too. I think it was, Motsi. Like the ceiling and the floor, there's a, a pretty big gap for me there. Yeah. Like I could see a scenario where the Giants only win five games. I could also see a scenario where they go ten and seven and they're, you know, they're in the playoff conversation. Like I think certain teams, there's not much deviation there, barring a major injury. Right. Obviously. The Steelers feel like one of those teams. Yes. Feels yes. like they're 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 they area, are who they are right their now. Their area is yeah. about eight, nine, ten, eleven wins, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that in that group. But it's only like a three or four win difference that right. I would think between best case scenario and worst case scenario for the Steelers. I think the Giants are the opposite. Could see them winning five games, could see them winning ten games. It, they're they're going to either I think after this season Motsi be very excited about their future or very concerned or 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 it's <laughs> or it's time to hit the reset button again right just uh, just two years later yeah it, I mean that is the story for a good amount of teams though right that is I life mean, in the National Football absolutely League. that is definitely how it goes you have that Unless optimism like the Steelers the Packers yeah. or you have Tom Brady <laughs> that's like seriously you, you go through that phase of the optimism of okay this is the new quarterback this is the new running back or whoever it is that is new from a draft point and you get excited about them but then as those years start to progress and you get further away from that 
moment when that person was selected and you start to look back and you say, well, what has this player being here? How much have we improved since then? Where are we at right now? And this is where they're at. They're at that evaluation stage of the guys that we took. Daniel Jones, Saquon. I mean, we know about Evan Ingram. We can go down the list of mm-hmm. moves that they've made offensively the and defensively. From Georgia, yeah. Now you're starting to look and you're asking yourself, is this the core group that we're ready to roll with? Can they be the group going forward that we build around for the next or, seven years? Right, because yeah. that's that's legitimately where what it is with them. Next five, seven years, yeah. except for Daniel Jones. Obviously, your quarterback longer than that. But you're right. right, that nucleus, if they're good. But you think about even Daniel Jones to an extent. Imagine if he comes out and he's mediocre this year. Oh, they're they're done. Because then and then you could start queuing mm-hmm. on Saquon. Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. take Kenny Galladay out of the fold. And then and then you essentially, if you're Daniel Jones, you become what Sam Darnold was in New York. It's like, all right, we see your potential, but is it you or is it the guys around you? Is it the coach? Like, what is it? We in, don't know just in yet. In the NFL, that that uh, that grace period is very short. Very. Very <laughs> short, especially compared to a lot of other sports, yes. for sure. All right, we got to talk about Motsi's favorite team, the E-A-G-L-E-S, the Eagles. Motsi, how do you feel? Real Why quick. Why do they spell that? I, I don't I was, even you know. You know what? I was just going to say, like, I don't know if you've ever had this conversation. Ever. How do you feel about fan bases in any sport? That, that spell out their team name. No, see, for me, like, the only fan base that I knew that did that was the Jets. And any J- team that has G- done it G- since then, S- it just J- seems, J- like, fake to me. So, like, the Eagles, because, like I guess I'd never played in Philly until, four, was it 14 or 15 time frame? I had never heard that Eagles chant until I got there. So, I don't know, like I said, when they started it. No, but they've for, been doing that for a long time. But for yeah. me, it's always viewed as, like, a knockoff because the Jets was the cleanest, the crispest, and it was Just actually when they were winning. letters, yeah. And they, they, J- were, they were winning a ton J- doing that. J- J- yeah. J- I just think it's – I mean, you're right. Sometimes it's fine. Now you spelling Eagles. I'm like, man, how many letters we going down here, man? You <laughs> know who's the worst? <laughs> It, it drives me. It drives me nuts. I I, I witnessed it in, in person at the Orange Bowl. Now not too many times because we spanked them, and so their band was pretty quiet in the mm-hmm. second half. But C L E M S O N T I G E R S. That's Tigers. That's, Tigers. Like Woo! are we in a spelling bee? Like what, what are we? What I don't want to do doing? all that. Yeah. What are we doing now, Mozi? You know why I, I really don't like fan bases who spell out their name? Oh, uh, because you know when I was growing up, uh huh. Every year going to a backyard basketball. Every they other spell it out at every other year going to Heinz Field. P I T T P I T T. Let's go, Pitt. Yeah, see that? Losers. I just I'm not a, like I'm not either. It's I not, can it spell. Doesn't flow. All right, I it's graduated elementary school. I can yeah. spell. The Washington Capitals fans do the C A P S caps caps caps. But no, so this is my thing with all of those though, right? The caps. Their name is the Capitals. Pitt. They're the Pittsburgh the Panthers. They're the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. At least with the Jets, it's like, no, y'all you are, are the that, Jets. That's true. So when you talk about any other team spelling it out, that's why I oh, have an issue. You know it's what, like, ah. You know what one is the worst? <laughs> Ohio State fans spelling out O-H-I-O, O-H-I-O. When you're Ohio State. You're not Ohio. Yeah. You're Ohio State. I never got that. Unless they're I – because mean, they're saying that they're the state – University, I guess. I don't They're know. They're the Ohio State University, but like there's yeah. an Ohio University that plays Division One football. I realize the Bobcats are nowhere near close to what the Buckeyes are, but they're Division One football. If program. you're Ohio State, though, you don't care about no, who. No, you yeah, don't you, care you, about you, that. You're not hearing any Bobcat but, talk. But didn't they? It, because it was Woody Hayes was the Ohio State and Bo Schembechler was the Michigan coach, right? Mm-hmm. 
Bo Schembecker used to always call them Ohio. Like mm-hmm. in press conferences and stuff, he wouldn't say Ohio State. He would yeah. just always refer to them as Ohio, and they would like complain about it. So maybe that's their like response to it then. But spell no, it I out think for it was him. his like his jab at the fact that you yeah. spell out O H I O. All right, I'm going to call, you, call, gonna call okay. you Ohio. Got you. And so there was like some friction there. Yeah. I just again, it gets back to the pit thing for me because when I was a kid, I had to hear every P I T T. Let's go P I T. Yeah, like I say, if it if it's not a part of like. The name of it, I just don't the know. Jets are the I'm only ones cool who can it. do it. That's yeah. it. We'll give it to the Jets. Yeah. Everyone else has to, especially Clemson. I mean, get out of here with your script spelling bit. Yeah. <laughs> Motsi, one more team left to discuss as it relates to the NFC East. That is the one that doesn't have a name. The Washington. Well, hold football. on, did we even discuss the Eagles? We just spelled Actually, their name right. and you stopped. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. All right, well, Eagles and football team on the other side. <laughs> We're up against it for a break here. He's Arthur Votes. I'm Wesley Euler. Training camp coverage 2021 on SNR. It's the Steelers Blitz. Penultimate segment here on a Sunday of the Steelers Blitz. Reminder, no shows tomorrow, no training camp coverage tomorrow, as it is an off day. But then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we are back for three straight days to round out training camp 2021. I should say, Motsi, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Um, We are on ESPN Pittsburgh today, 970 ESPN. So I got to think that maybe we've picked up some new listeners. If, If you've liked what you're listening to, if you're thinking, ah, these guys aren't so bad, I can listen to these guys. SNR is where you will find us again for the next three days and for all of Steelers football season one to four for the rest of training camp here. And then we go back to our new time slot as usual uh, next week, like not this coming week, but next week, mm-hmm. um, which would be the week after the Lions preseason game this weekend. That's correct. So, yeah. So if you're if you've been listening um, to some coverage here on ESPN Pittsburgh, but you're unfamiliar with SNR, shame on you for six weeks. But, you know, come get involved with us. We are uh, rounding out our daily divisional conversation. Today it is the NFC East that is on the docket. The division mozi that like has had a different winner for 14 straight years or something insane like that. No one wins this division two years in a row, so I guess that's bad news for the football team. But we'll get to them in a second. We had to finish out the Eagles because we were just making fun of teams and fan bases who spell out their name as a chant, and we didn't actually get to talk about anything with the Eagles. We were getting on them, though. <laughs> I just really wanted to get on those – Dork, Clemson, and Pitt fans, and Cavs fans, but I guess the Eagles. Too. So let's say if it looks like a spelling bee by the time you're done with your chant, throw the at whole chant away, man. At least the Eagles is kind of part of a song, because it's part of like the fly, Eagles fly mm-hmm. on the road to a victory, yeah. score a touchdown, one, two, three. Yeah, I like how you just, you, you, you Philly down, man. Oh, wow, it's almost like I was, you know. Don't, no, no, don't seek comfort now. It's almost like a guy who, who, don't got, his, who got his name uh, thanked when uh-uh. the Eagles won the Super Bowl uh-uh. in 2018 on uh-uh. the broadcast. Might even seem, if you go back and you listen to the Eagles broadcast when they won the Super Bowl in 2018, you'll hear at the end, and a big thanks to our studio engineer for the season, Wesley Euler. Yeah, yeah. yeah no big deal. Uh-huh. No I big saw deal. that Eagle logo right next to the WU logo oh, on you, your car. You stop it. Yeah. I did not drive my wife's car today. Oh, no, no, that, that would don't be you the, put that on Morgan That now. would be the case. No, nah, don't you put that on Morgan. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Listen. I 
I'm 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 Switzerland. When I'm in Philadelphia, when it comes to Philadelphia sports teams, I'm Switzerland except for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Screw those guys. Okay, okay. Get out of here with that orange. Other than that, I mean, whatever. They don't really bother me. I don't love them. I don't hate them. I mean, if they're playing a Pittsburgh team, obviously I want them to lose. But the Eagles, Motsi, here's my question for you. I think it's pretty clear cut. The question for the Eagles is Jalen Hurts the answer at quarterback? I want to say yes. I do think he can be, but he's going to have to be more accurate downfield, right? Yes. We saw the throw that he missed. Yes. Those are touchdowns. You can't miss those. Can't. You, 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 you got to have – that has not. to be your bread and butter. Yes. That part, that's what I want to see. If he can connect on those consistently, He's yes, got a lot of the other the tools. Guy. Right, because we know he can run the ball. We know – the way the offense is going to be presented because of him being back there, it's going to be a little bit more favorable for him, especially in this first year, right? But the downfield accuracy, that's where we're going to need to see. Just be consistent there. Now, I'm not going, oh, well, he didn't do it a year. Well, he did it in college, though. But what about this? I don't care about anything that you've done in the past. We know what we just saw. So, just simply, if you connect on those consistently this season, yeah, he's the guy. He'll be fine. Yeah, I, I I think that's well said because yeah. he does have a lot of the tools, but that deep ball, that's I mean, that's been an issue for him. That's why he exactly. lost his job to Tua at Alabama. Exactly. So it, as much as I'm excited about him, that's the difference. That's what Ben struggled with last year here in Pittsburgh, and we saw how things, you know, evolved from that. You have to be able to connect downfield for whatever ha- reason it is. You have to. You have to connect downfield. Or else you just become so easy to game plan for, mm-hmm. you become way too predictable. Yes. Yeah. The Washington football team, Arthur Motes, here's my question for you. Mm -hmm. Chase Young going to become a top five pass rusher in the National Football League? Top five defender in the National Football League? How good can Chase Young be? I mean, the sky's the, the, you know, he he has the the crazy high ceiling right now, right? Sky's the limit for this kid. And I do think that he will continue to progress. He will continue to emerge. Um, In terms of him being a top five defender in the league, it's a lot of defenders. But he plays the position that is glamorous. He does. He he can go out there. I mean, even last year, right, he wasn't a double-digit sack guy. But the perception felt like that, right? It felt mm-hmm. like he led the league in sacks at one point. Like They were showing clips of him. And, oh, man, he got another sack this week. And he's like, man, Philly got like 17, 18 sacks. But that's the perception with because of who he is, where he was drafted and things like that. So I definitely feel like it will be that perception. Now, I don't know if when we really break down the stats, if we can hard, oh, yeah, he's definitely a top five guy. But I think he will legitimately be in that conversation for that if he continues on like how he's going, like how he's going right now. I, I think so, too. Because as we've seen, I mean, how many times with our defenders here in Pittsburgh – They'll be balling out, but before the hype train catches up to them, they're not viewed the same way around the league. People Whereas, are going to give T.J. Watt his props think about until that, the end of this past season. Honestly. Exactly. So at least with Chase, where he was drafted, that plays oh, largely for him. Does. That'll help him out it's a lot. Part of why Khalil Mack's reputation still outfavors his production. Yes, very true. And you and I like Khalil Mack. Yes. He's a good player in a couple That's years. That's a great example, And though. a couple years ago, Khalil Mack was a dog. Yes. And he's still good, mm-hmm. but his, his his production does not match up to his reputation to, right now. I think right. Vaughn Miller's in that conversation, definitely. too. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, TJ, like, if, if we were making a list of top five edge rushers in the NFL, pass rushers, edge rushers, whatever you want to call them, and in no specific order, I do believe TJ and Miles – would be in the top five without a doubt. Yeah. 
Um, and again, this is edge rusher conversation. So Aaron Donald, different different ship here, different boat on this yeah. one. Same church though, different. Same people. church, different people. I love when you say that. I, I, so <laughs> Miles, Miles, and, and TJ feel like the two slam dunk duh top fives to me. And then I would say the Bosa brothers could be in the conversation. Khalil Mack could be in the conversation. But man, like it is like there there is room there for Chase Young. I think in this season to be thought of amongst that group that, that we just mentioned. Yeah, like like for, a real a opportunity. Yeah. He, he, he's going to be good. Um, he is good already. And he plays the position. I mean, he, if he yes. was an inside linebacker, it's tough at inside linebacker unless you're generating interceptions, you're scoring touchdowns. Like, that's hard, you know? But as an edge guy, he's going to get that chance. there Because you see when he makes a play. You feel it. It's just it, it it's counted differently when you get into the quarterback versus making a regular tackle, and that's why when we talk about everything that goes into being top five or winning awards, Chase has a lot of those things in his favor oh, right now, man. He certainly does. Um, T.J. Watt went from seven sacks his rookie season to thirteen in year two. Khalil Mack four sacks to fifteen in year two. That's a heck of a jump. Uh, J.J. Watt from five and a half his rookie season to twenty. And a half his sophomore season. Uh, it was seven and a half last year for Chase. So we'll see where he finishes this year. He also forced four fumbles last season. Four forced fumbles and seven and a half sacks as a rookie. Pretty good start. And we'll see if he gets even better. And if so, that's going to be scary for quarterbacks in the NFC yes, East indeed. for a long time because he's got all the tools, physical and mental, I think, to, to, to be one of these just dominant pass rushers. The next one in the National Football League. So, Motsi, and to round this up, who wins the division? I'm not going to lie. I kind of like Washington. Do you? They'd be the I first do. Reef Beat champion since like 2008. I, and that's the only reason why I didn't win it. Because, yeah. I mean, the history of that division, they just don't have 13 repeat. or 14 straight yeah. years. It's been 08 since they've had one. And it seems like it always comes down to the last game of the season, right? Whoever mm-hmm. is it Washington versus New York? Is it, really it New York does. versus yeah. Dallas? Like, who is it Philly and New York? Like, who has that last game? But that's what it always comes down to. So I feel like Washington because I just feel like they're probably the more complete out of all of them. And I do like the fact that when we're talking about the coaches, I like Ron Rivera a lot more than – Mike McCarthy. It's not a shot at Mike, but I just I feel like with Mike, I still need to see was it really all you or was that that bad man known as Aaron Rodgers? We still haven't got that answer just yet with Mike. So for me, like I just feel like with Ron, I like that. I like the veterans on that team. And when you talk about the defense, they got some young guys on that defense, man, in terms of Chase Young, in terms of Montez Sweet. Where, or excuse me, Montez Sweat, where they're going to be able to stay in games. They're going to be able to create havoc. Well, they got some nice pieces on they, that they defense. They do. Yeah. I mean, we know what they got on offense turns that running game, the receivers and tight end. Like, they are they, they got a lot going on for them right now, man. Yeah. No. And for me, like, that's that's kind of like where I fall with them. Yeah. That's why I think I, I if they're going to be the first ones to repeat in however many years out there in the NFC half. East, like, I just feel like it would be them. Yeah. And that goes against everything in my core because, you know, know. at the end of it, like, uh, you don't like that. They are the nemesis of all nemesis for me. Like that, that dates <laughs> back to childhood. So, that yeah, dates man. Back to the childhood days. Yeah. I, 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 I'm picking up everything you're putting down there. I'm going to, though, though, I think I'm going to give the slight edge to the Cowboys. I think it comes down to the football team and the Cowboys. I really do. And I don't think it's going to be, you know, 
it's going to be that division where yeah, 10 wins is going to win the division. You know, 10 and 7 is going to win the division. I just, I think there's a, here, here's why I'm, I'm picking the Cowboys to win that division. It can't be because the quarterback. It really comes down to this. And it can't I know be because the quarterback. It's funny how this has come full circle, yeah. isn't it? But right now, when I'm thinking, okay, Giants, I just, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. We talked about some I'm of that optimism, uh-huh. but I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Eagles, too too many moving parts for it to happen this year. Like I just I don't agree. I don't see them from going to the train wreck that they were last season with a first time head coach to winning the division. Hey, it's happened before, mm-hmm. but I just I don't see it happening with this Eagles team this season, particularly with some of the injuries they're dealing with already in camp as well, too, namely to Devonta Smith, their first overall pick. So it comes down to the football team and the Cowboys for me, and like it quite often does in these conversations, if I'm splitting hairs, if I think it's a coin flip, I'm gonna go with the better quarterback. And I think the Cowboys, with all three teams in this division, have a sizable advantage. You better stop lying. Sizable advantage. You better stop lying. You know I like their quarterback a lot because you know he. That's he his, that he, is your boy. He, he, you know, he got us out of there. He got us to the promised land, so we were good. That you know? is your, you won the Dak versus Wentz con- debate. All right, I have, I've completely, I have but, surrendered. I've waved the white flag on that one. In fact, I'm now going the opposite way. But 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 for me, I'm not willing to die on the Dak hill like i don't want to down that hill going forward because it's another quarterback that i've been riding for way longer than Dak, mm. and he happens to be the quarterback in that division as well mm. and he he's a very magical player to say the least oh is he yeah does he have a beard so, sometimes you got to fear it but not in the sense of a kiesel style Kind of like in a Harvard sense. Ah, yes. Ah, okay. Ah, the so, Conor McGregor lookalike contest so, so, champion. So as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is in that NFC East, yeah, it sounds like the best quarterback resides in Washington. Oh, take it easy now. We we didn't say more potential. We just said the current best quarterback. You show me any of those quarterbacks that have had that have been better quarterbacks than Fitz, then we'll go from there. And I do like that. Dak has had some hot seasons, but let's Man, be real. You are turning on your boy. I thought I'm Dak not. was your boy. But this is the thing. We're saying in context, and I told you, before Dak, who was my quarterback? Mm-hmm. It's magic. My rookie year. Oh, yeah. Before I, he even yeah. got paid. Yeah. That's how it started. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've seen that numerous times, man. I know. You got faith. I, and I know how he goes to Oregon. Or, he already broke a record, right? This is what? I think it said ninth? Ninth different franchise? Like an NFL so, record, yeah. right? And we've seen wherever he goes, what does he do? They win games. And what does he do, though, in competitions? He wins those as well. He does, even against high-pedigree guys. He so, doesn't have many of those to fight against in Washington. Very yeah. true, very true. <laughs> very true. <laughs> but I just feel like the, the biggest reason why I think that Washington has the advantage, and more so at the quarterback spot, is with Dak. We know he's coming back from injury, he's right? He's coming back from a serious injury. But then yes. not just the leg part. We also know he's dealing with some shoulder injuries as That's well. That's a good point. So when I think of that, all that equates to what? Missed time missed time for young players can be detrimental to their development Hmm. can be detrimental to their continued success he missed almost a full year of football a year ago now you're talking about in and out of training camp we know otas what that was i just anticipate that you could run into the growing pains you're still trying to figure out what is uh what is zeke so now if you don't even have Zeke to really, really run your offense through early on, drink, yeah. it puts a lot more on Dak, who's coming back from injury while still dealing with a injury and still missing a significant amount of time over this past 12 months. It's true. Fitzpatrick has been playing ball. He's been playing who he is who he is. So granted, I think Dak has more potential, 
But right now, that hasn't materialized, and he has different obstacles currently that could make him start slow. Whereas we know with Fitz, Fitz comes out the gate hot. The knock on Fitz is once we get to week 10, 11, 12, and teams then caught up and seen it, and now they're like, all right, man, we're going to catch him on an off day here. It is. It's going to happen sooner or later. That's the difference. But if it's too late, because Dak and them haven't been able to get those wins early on, it's not going to matter like that. Or at least that's how I see it. That feels like that division, man. It is just wide open every single year. I hate it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't – I don't think the Eagles or the Giants are going to win the division. I, I think yeah. the other two teams are better. But, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if the Eagles or the Giants won the division because yeah. that's just – like they could go 8-9 and nine and win that division, and it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, that is just the, the NFC East. It has quite often, as of late, especially been a crapshoot, uh, been a best-guess scenario going into the season – and, uh, and it feels like it is, it is kind of wide open. Once again, that's our thoughts on the NFC East. That means we've got one more segment to get to. But before we get to that and some of your reaction, a guy that we've been very high on that I did want to make sure to hear from today. I mean, you know you got to be doing some special stuff to get Motsi and I to be talking about punters a lot out here. Whew, we've been talking about punters plenty. We have certainly discussed our favorite Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. We've oi, had oi, segments oi. on these dudes. Like, Jordan Berry, absolutely. You know, that, that's a good bloke, yeah, Jordan Berry. You know, put another shrimp on the bobby, mate. Don't let that go block. But one guy that we were kind of excited to hear from a lot. Of, we've done a lot of talk about him. We've been excited to see him. Now getting to finally hear from him, Presley Harvin third, catching up with the media for the first time in training camp. Just overall, how's it feel to your first NFL camp being out here with the guys? Yeah, man, it's been a journey. Uh, it's a lot different, you know, coming from the college aspect of it. But, you know, it's a good a good foundation here. A lot of good guys. Uh, guys taking me under their wing, showing me the ropes, just continuing to get adjusted. Um, like you said, like the first game, finally got one under my feet. Starting to get a lot more comfortable because the practice setting is one thing, but when you get into the game, it's a little bit different. Uh, been doing well. Um, you know, just come out here and try to work every single day to continue to get better. What's the relationship with you and Jordan like? Keep pushing each other. Yeah, man, Jordan's a good guy, man. I, I like him to death, and I love him too. Like, he's been a big help. Um, he's been, I think he's a seven-year vet now. Um, just being able to have him in practice every day, not only me push him, but also him push me to be the best that we can be together. Uh, and just, you know, we have a good camaraderie. Um, it's just a lot of good feedback that I get from him. Uh, I give him a little bit too, and it's just like a good grind. You know, it's, it's always good to have competition around you. Uh, as specialists, we don't really get the opportunity to have that at this level a lot. But you know, being able to have that early on, especially playing under him, uh, and just you know, continuing to understand and learn the ropes. You know, I'm pretty appreciative of him. In your practice, uh, you know, I, I'll say even when you play with Georgia Tech at times too, and you practice and you remember to play a game on Saturday. Anything that you <laughs> that you carry over. Yeah, I mean, uh, the biggest thing is just, I like to say the confidence is what I continue to try to bring over. Uh, playing in college is one level, but being here and being on this type of level is completely different. But when you have a level a level head on your shoulders and you continue to just, you know, tell yourself, you know, you're good. I go through the same process in my head of what to do on every punt. Uh, I just focus in a lot on myself and, you know, my certain steps that I have to take and stuff on the field. So... You know, the biggest thing is just, you know, kind of, kind of having that confidence and continuing to just, you know, tell yourself over and over, like, repeat those good plays in your head. Like, I got to have this ball, got to have this ball, got to put it there, and just continuing that way. First, obviously, first training camp, mm-hmm. um, punting job, there's usually just one on an NFL roster. What is it like to be a rookie, be a late-round rookie, and already, you know, neck deep into 
You know, I'm, I'm blessed to be in this position. Uh, I've been punting for a while now and have had my own trials and tribulations to get to this point. And I just truly like appreciate this organization and just believing in me and putting me in this opportunity to not only just try to win the job, but be the best me. Uh, I'm a better punter today than I was the last day I played my college game. And that's just because of the hard work and dedication that I continue to just put in every single day I come onto the field and having that true confidence and having that competition around me that I really didn't get to have a sense of having in college because I was one of the, I think we only had one or two punters. But just being able to come in and know every single day that you have to get better and you have someone that's behind you like Barry's that's pushing me every single day to be the best me, not just the best punter for the team, but just to being the best us and just continuing to, you know, go down this journey. What, uh, what kind of advice has Jordan given you the last couple of weeks? Uh, a couple of times, just, you know, if you have a bad ball or something like that, him as well as D. Smith just continue to say, it's not about that rep anymore, that one's over, it's about the next one. And just, you know, continuing to have the confidence of, if I don't have a good one, I got to wash it out. And the next one is the, place, the biggest one. That's the one that means the most now. So This is often asked of rookies, but mm -hmm. what are your goals coming into camp and of the season outside of stabilizing the job, but just there's a little bit more hype around you than, say, would normally be around a punter coming in? I think the biggest goal that I have is just continuing to just be the best me. Um, I usually would love to say, like, like, I'll give you an example. So when I was in high school, my dream was always to be in the NFL. And I had that road to being able to get to that point. Now I'm here, and now I have to set different goals. My goals aren't, you know, everyone's goal is always to win a Super Bowl and be the number one, you know, punter in the nation that year, go to the Pro Bowl and stuff like that. But all of those goals have to start small. And my biggest, the biggest thing I tell myself every single day is that 1% that I can get better. That's my goal every single day. And to have a small goal like that that you try to reach every single day, before you know it, you'll be able to have the bigger goals that you thought about a long time ago, but you don't really have the staircase to get there. But it's always about those baby steps first. How important is the holding element too? I mean, do you feel like good communication mm -hmm. with Chris and long snapper, do you feel pretty comfortable with that? Yeah, the holding is, in my opinion, just as important as punting um, because that's the part that puts points on the on the board. Um, and just having that confidence in myself, um, I've been getting, continuing to build that. I uh, have a lot of, you know, guys that are around me that push me every single day in that because if I'm one centimeter off I'm getting I'm getting blown up about it and I appreciate that because that makes me better on the field with doing holding but you know the biggest thing is you know Boswell is a good guy I love him to death too and he's been pushing me uh, the long snappers all post been pushing me too and and to have Sam someone that I actually trained with throughout college that be here too of kind of like molding myself a little bit of getting that getting that groove with him a little bit it's been definitely helpful and uh, you know holding is very important part of the game, if not a little bit more important than punting. And that's the, that's the side of the game that I've been trying to, you know, continue to hone on and get better at because you can never be too good at it. Presley Harvin the third there meeting with the media for the first time in Steelers camp 2021. And I tell you what, a lot of optimism around that young man for sure. And again, like we said, you, you know, when you're spending that much time talking about the punters, uh, that your special teams is in a good place to be. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, we're in a good place to be. That's because we're heading into our last segment of the day before we hand things off to Chris Carter and Adam Crowley for the Steelers Roundup. Final segment, you know what that means. We'll get to your reaction, some of your tweets, at Wesley Euler, at Body 52 Duh. And one last chance to hop in on the phone lines if you want to join the conversation as well. 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.
final segment here on a Sunday of the Steelers Blitz on SNR, but don't you dare touch that dial or go anywhere. You got Adam Crowley and Chris Carter coming up next. They'll have you from 4 until 6 with the Steelers Roundup. Always a fun show with those two gentlemen. Motsi, let's get to some of the reaction here on the Twitter.com. A little quiet on a Sunday, honestly. You know, normally when we it's ask for Sunday. phone calls and we ask for tweets, uh, people answer, but it is Sunday. We get it, I'm sure. A lot of you probably catching this in, in the podcast, and you can subscribe to the podcast. Steelers Blitz, that's Blitz with a Z, wherever you get your podcast. If you want everything uploaded uh, on demand, commercial-free every single day, if you are rocking with us live right now. But uh, hello to the knuckleheads that are listening on replay on the podcast later on. I mean, we missed you on Sunday, you jerks. Uh, you've been talking about <laughs> phone lines. We had them open. We were waiting for you to call. This is true. This is true. But we still got some questions to get here, too, Motsi. We got a three-pack of questions from Joseph. Number one, what is it that motivates you the most? That was it? That's that's the question, yeah. Oh. What is it what is it that motivates you the most? I think he just means like in general in life. Oh man, for me? I like this question. Uh for me, man, it's just probably like multiple things. I don't I don't motivates you the most. Like family is a big one. You know, that's that's kind of the first one that comes to mind. Um <sighs> Yeah, I mean, you know what motivates me the most? Motsi, honestly, is like comfort. Like I want my family to be able to live comfortably and not have to worry about finances. I want to have a job that is comfortable and not stressful to me. And 95% of the time this show with you is that comfort. Being able to work myself into a comfortable situation, into a good situation for me and my family. To have weekends off like you and I have established now. You know, except for when it's, not, when it's not training camp. Um, that, that to me... Like comfort for my family and, and comfort for me financially and just lifestyle wise is what motivates me. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I guess I will say success motivates me. Oh. Not, not even success. I'll probably just say failure. Failure motivates me. But is money the mo- money is the motivation? No. <laughs> no, that's a good one, actually. No, that's from, a, yeah, that's a good I always, answer by you. Because, like, it's hard for me to sit here and say that family is my biggest motivation when before I had a family, I was just as driven. Correct. Correct. And it's hard for me to say money is my motivation when before I had money, you were working. I was just right. as driven. So, but yeah, for me, it's just failure. I don't want to be. I, I hate the thought of failing. Hate like the in, thought of not making it. Right. Or like not I, getting a college scholarship. Right, like I'm not afraid to fail, but I just. I, like that drives me because it's like okay, you. I might fail today, but I'm gonna make sure I win tomorrow. In the sense of right. that, in high school, your motivation was all right. I'm 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 gonna get a college like I'm gonna right. get a college scholarship. You were scared scared mm-hmm. to fail that goal, and then I'm gonna make it to the NFL. You yeah. didn't want to fail in that goal, and, and then yeah. you, right. I mean now, and then you had to go right in your post NFL life that I want to do this media thing. I'm not gonna fail. You very yeah, easily don't fail, man. You yeah, could rest. My you, thing, man. you could rest on your laurel. And be like, eh, I'm gonna half arse this media guy thing. I like how you use that right there. But you, but you, but you don't. You do YouTube. You do shows here. You got, you got this show with me, and you got your own podcast. Nah. Um, no, I, I, you, you, you want to be successful. You do not want to fail, and you've just kind of taken that in all your different steps and, in and, life. And to clarify, the reason why I said fail, like failure, is more of a motivating factor than success, because for me, I've had plenty of accomplishments. It doesn't move my needle the same way as when I failed how I responded to that. So that's kind of how I can identify that, yeah, the failure part is more of the driving force for me versus me just, oh, man, they clap for you. All right, cool. Like some people, they love that. They live in the moment. We talked about with football players, right? Some guys, they love Sunday. 
Yeah. They love game day because game day, the fans are there, your family's there, cheerleaders, TV. I mean, you make it. It's the it's biggest of the biggest, right? Yeah. Some people, they, that's all they want, though. And they don't like Monday through Saturday. I'm a Monday through Saturday guy. I'd much rather go through that process of me having success in practice and me failing in practice. I enjoy that way more than sure, any sure. hand clap, applause, kind words. Like, yeah. I'm that type of guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's another one for me, too, is just the, the prospect of me ever having to work a real job. Yeah, that's like my friends that my friends that work manual labor, my friends that, that work in sales, my friends that are accountants. Like they're they're that like me having to work a real job motivates me to to keep doing this. Yeah, we we don't want to work real jobs. I like these fun jobs. <laughs> Number two from Joseph. What is the one thing in life that makes you far angrier than it should? Uh, can we just talk about one? I mean, I got a whole list. Uh-oh. Slow drivers in the left lane. That's the number one, though. <laughs> Nothing sets me off like some dink who's going 50 in a 70-mile-an-hour zone, oblivious to the world, clogging up traffic in the left lane. Call me bougie. People that chew and smack with their mouth open. Oh, that's a good one. I can't. How about people that people – that, you, know they they get... you know the ones that chew, they go – and you know what both I'm of these cool, get back man. to, too? Because I was going to say people who, like, talk loudly on the phone in public yeah. spaces, people who stop right in the middle of walkways The people in that talk loud on public because they want you to hear their conversation. Like, That's what it all gets yes. back to. Like, uh, yeah. People that are just inconsiderate of others. You're chewing gum loudly. You're talking loudly. You're yeah. standing in the middle of a walkway. You're driving slow in the left lane. You're just inconsiderate. You think the world revolves around you, and I have no patience for those type of people. <laughs> get it off your chest today. Let's Most, go. There was, you know I was at the beach a couple weeks ago. Get there it was off a, your chest. There was a family who was standing right in the middle of the boardwalk like six of these losers just oblivious to the fact that they're clogging up traffic and i'm standing there with my wife and my aunt behind me and we got all these chairs and coolers and everything and i'm like excuse me folks can we get around you (laughs) excuse me sir excuse me and these sick this family of six is just sitting there right in the middle of the walkway that eventually i just kind of shouldered them and went around them and morgan's like you have no patience for people and i'm like yeah for those type of people you're darn right i don't especially after i said excuse me like three times Uh uh-uh now it's my now it's Now's my turn. <laughs> it happens like that. Sometimes, Last one man. from Joseph. I mean, he's really trying to split a crowd. Oh, he's asking like these like super hard in depth questions. Like, jeez. This is now. See, this is a funny one. Take it easy. Take it easy. Are you more like your mom or your dad? That's a good one. I like that. <sighs> For me, I don't know. It depends. If you're talking emotional, my mom. If you're talking physical, my dad. Like his temperament, hmm. like we, you know what? I think I'm the same way. Yeah, like if we're talking about just like compassion and how I have a little bit more patience with certain things, that's my mom's side for a fact. But in terms of like how she's driven, very career oriented, that's her. But my mental, my I'm locked in. My okay, this is the task at hand. I don't care obstacle. That's my dad. That okay, you've pissed me off. Now I want to react to you. That's pops. Like that's yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way as well, too. Um, but yeah, in terms of just personality, I would say more like my dad. But my mom, like my, my mom's like a marathon runner. Anything out of the, you think I was about that life growing up? My mom was a was obsessed with still is obsessed with exercise and like very high, strong and anxious and stressed all the time. Mozi, you mm, know me. Yeah, I'm the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> This is true. I play hockey once a week. That's the only exercise I have any interest in doing. (laughs) 
And if you thought that I was a stressed person or an anxious person, I don't know. I feel like I'm quite the opposite. Now we try to live stress-free around here, baby. <laughs> Two other guys who live stress-free, always having a good time. They're up next, Crowley and Carter. Thanks to everybody who did chime in with us today, rocking with us on a Sunday. Big shout-out to my co-host, Motsi, for holding it down with me here this afternoon. Uh, reminder, no training camp shows tomorrow, but we're back on Tuesday to carry you the west, rest of the way through camp. So that'll do it for us today. We'll holler at you guys on Tuesday. You know where to find us. Same time, same place. As always, it's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.